halfbacks. It sounds derogatory, or at the very least a physical deformity. Instead, it's a position that can still set you up with some fantasy money. And this is the push-off. episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan, Zeke Elliott was my Esmeralda. Right. Dan, we are talking the running backs, the halfbacks today uh, yeah, for not, our prospects. Not the fullbacks. There's no fullbacks today, because no there one has those anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, fullbacks, uh, yeah. Gone. You don't draft him. You transfer him. Whatever. Kyle's yeah. juice check and uh, CJ Ham. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. When you you become a running back when you are no longer physically capable of being. Oh, sorry. You become a fullback when you're no longer fullback. physically capable of being a running back or a halfback, as it were. So it's it's really weird because the fullback, it's the quarterback, the fullback, then the halfback. I don't understand it. Yeah. It's. Yeah, when it gets down to the quarters and the fulls and the stuff like that, none, none of that uh, pans out. So uh, whoever named those back in the 40s, um, drinking the old moonshine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're the halfback. There's a guy in front of me. Yeah, fully, fully back. He's <laughs> he's all the way. I can't imagine How him being f- back more. And then the third guy, quarter? quarter. All right, fine. He's Let's not quite there. You get it. You you get yeah, it. We don't wear helmets. Dimes and nickel defenses. Well, you're just naming change in your pocket. <laughs> um, okay, so we are talking about not only the running backs, but let's get caught up on what happened in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, the only uh, big signings are sign the the free agency is continuing. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. the tight end is going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati just trying on whatever they can on uh, on tight ends now. You know, they're like, eh, we'll try this Hayden Hurst kid. Nope, okay, that's not working. All right, let's try Irv Smith. Irv Smith's only problem, and it's yeah. a big one, is uh, what is the what is the greatest ability, Scott? Uh, availability. Yeah, I know that's yeah. what you're saying, and that's not his only problem. And that's the funny thing, too, is that is what's <laughs> getting fed, I think, to Cincinnati right now. A lot of Minnesota fans can tell you, too, uh, concentration drops. Jesus. He was dropping yeah. some first downs, some open touchdowns and stuff for us. I mean, he's got talent, sure, but he's yeah, dropping stuff. I think when you start pressing, that's that's where you find yourself getting a lot of trouble, you know? You're just yeah. like, you know, you create those situations for yourself. Uh, so he was a second-round pick that did not pan out for Minnesota. He goes to Cincy. The Falcons bringing in Calais Campbell. Feels like this guy's been in the league forever, and he's he, heading to it. Yeah, team. he has. He's also old as shit now. I mean, Doesn't how old is Calais Campbell? It feels like he's very old, but the Falcons are giving him good money. And uh, returning to Detroit, Marvin Jones for wide receiver. Makes sense. I mean, he's a guy that you're like, ah, he knows the town. He knows you know some of the coaching, not the coaching staff, but some of the training staff. I'm sure he'll fit in right When right he was away. there, he was their solid player. I mean, we were touting him as their number one when Marvin Jones was there, and then they, they switched it up. And uh, now there's a lot of younger talent there, so we'll see how he fits in. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, as the, the news continues, the league owners meeting was this week, and with that comes the start of all of that talk about rule changes and uh, <laughs> league-wide changes, like all the stuff, the, the big, the big, excuse me, the big wigs decide. This is what happens when I have dinner. Yeah, you eat before... <laughs> beforehand the big wigs um where i want to start with though is they got a little bit more we got a little bit more views of the bills new stadium you hear about this it's coming in not only until 2026 so wow that's a ways away yeah four four seasons uh because count 2023 three four five yeah i guess it'd be the fourth season uh but it honestly the pictures i mean from the you know we saw the LA's new stadium, the Vikings one, um, Atlanta, Megatron's butthole. All yeah. of them have a very unique look. 
the Bills Stadium does not going to have that. The outside's going to look pretty same. Honestly, it's going to look a lot like New York's, I think, the outside. Yeah. And then what's cool about it, though, is it's still an outdoor stadium. They're not putting a roof on the thing. It's still in the elements. And in Buffalo, you know, you have to, like, sell that because you can't really do anything <laughs> in that stadium on the off, you know. There's not a lot you can put in there. Yeah, I mean, they'll they'll regret that at some point when they have, like, a high-powered fucking, uh, you know, pass-heavy offense. Oh, right, that happened against the Patriots. Yes. When yes. Uh, when the wind got a little crazy and not, and nothing could happen for them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, good for Buffalo. I mean, that's going to be a hell of a project. And uh, apparently they're they're starting it in April, right? It's, it's starting this year? Yeah, yeah. Breaking yeah, ground. Crazy. I mean, it's already set up. They're ready. They, they, they won the rights to to do it now it's the matter of doing it for four years um okay so the other big news for the league owners meeting i mean the the one that they put kind of front and center was players can wear zero hey buddy players can wear zero um and you know the arenas of the world that's right uh now the uh the westbrooks um yeah true you uh you know me i love jersey news and stuff like that so that was kind of neat uh you could almost say they they buried the lead, though. Not only is like people like Calvin Ridley, who's returning to Jaguars, going to wear zero, but kickers and punters can now wear numbers zero through forty-nine or ninety through ninety-nine. Ooh, that's—I yeah? mean—that's interesting. I, I'm <laughs> waiting to see what happens there. There can be a lot of ninety kickers. I'll bet you. Yeah, I'll bet you. I want to see. I want to see a punter with a weird number forty-seven, you know, just out there booting it. Um, we'll see what happens there, but that's a new thing too. So they're they're getting more lenient on the numbers, whether you like that or not. Um, I remember when it was the new thing about two seasons ago, and we talked about it. A lot of you guys were talking about how you might not like it. Um, are you? Are you what do you think about it now? I mean, after it's been there for a while. So I mean, it's been fine. You know the. The single digits have thrown me a little bit on some of these guys, but then, you know, as I watch more college ball, I'm like, it's just college kind of sneaking its way into the NFL. That's all it is. Like, you know, it just opens up more opportunities, especially as a Cowboys fan. Um, You know, there's a rumor that Zeke might be coming back to the Cowboys, and if he does, 21 is already taken. Stephon Gilmore is taking it. But Zeke would be fine with that because he would change his number to 15, which is the number he wore in college at Ohio State. And the Cowboys would love it because that means there'd be a fucking Zeke Elliott jersey bonanza for number 15. So, I mean, it's this might be some 4D chess that Jerry's playing that he's actually going to bring Zeke back middle of the year at number 15. I don't know. I don't know. Just my thought. But, yeah, a um, wider open set of numbers. I mean, nobody's really it, – it helps a player kind of differentiate himself a little bit more if he's able to wear something bizarre, you know, some bizarre number. I think so, too. And – you're right, college blending in with the same two. You're seeing, uh, I think you're going to see some more uniforms and changes and stuff like that. We're already mm-hmm. hearing the rumors that Texans are getting new ones. Lions and Cardinals are rumored to it too this season, which Lions been recent, but Texans and Cardinals are due. And then the throwbacks are coming back. Uh, Seahawks, old throwbacks, yeah. the 90s ones, Buccaneers, Didn't the Eagles. Cardinals change their beak a couple of years ago and no one gave a shit? Wasn't that something? <laughs> The, their logo certainly changed. Now, I don't know if they changed since their your jersey did kind of thing, but there is people yeah. online that, that study that stuff. So, yeah, you it's can a look sharper it beak than it used to be. Um, but Get excited. Certain, I've, I've never really liked this, the little patchy stuff. It's it's kind of the early 2000s look. A lot of the other teams have grown past that, and I think yeah, it's time for the Cardinals. Too. Yeah. You know, the, the Falcons finally let go of theirs. Um. And then uh, there was some discussions of other rule changes like uh, moving punt touchbacks to the 25 instead of the 20 where it still is because the other touchbacks are 25. That didn't pass. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, neither did reviewing the roughing the passer. That was a hot one too. Did not pass. Yeah, that should have. That would be – I mean, that's one of those things where it's like that's a fucking – I mean, any of those roughing, any of those like automatic first down 15 yards, like we should go back to being able to – really go like hey was that actually pass interference or was it like you know ticky tacky bullshit is it actually roughing the pass or did he do everything he could to not destroy that man well they they're pointing at the whole uh pass interference thing uh, that they did a few years back and saying that didn't work you don't want us to do that again right you don't want us to do that again and it's like eh, 
You guys yeah, they made, made sure that, that work. Did. I, I was going to say the yeah. exact same thing. You guys made sure that didn't work. So I'd be interested to, to try it out too or like a free a preseason thing because yeah. too much, yeah, has been decided on that. Or, but they didn't. Um, and then the things – oh, uh, here's something that did change. Thursday night football. Um, as Amazon has their, their thumbs deep into Thursday night football now and uh, and – I think the league knows that that's where good money can be made now. They're allowing your team that could used to, you only played one Thursday night game a year. Now you could technically be uh, called on, you know, tapped on that old shoulder to, you're getting called up playing two Thursday night games. Could be two. Yeah, you're only allowed to play two short weeks, but up to two short weeks. Fuck yeah. annoying. Uh, what was tabled, and this is a very interesting one, and I, I didn't understand this at first, but I guess the owners meet again later in May and they might recall up some of this stuff. An idea of flexing games to Thursday night. Now they flex games now and usually when they flex them it's a week or two heads up probably two week head up but to flex it to say your Sunday game that was going to be played at maybe even 1 o'clock 4.15 is now going to be played three days earlier on prime time. Uh the uh, I think it was Giants owner Mara said yeah. like how, what do you do about the 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 fans there too who have their plans and stuff set like you're kind of screwing them over I mean the players I mean, kind of <laughs> too but it's anyways. the most in touch I've ever heard a fucking billionaire be because <laughs> John Mara was like you can't fucking change somebody's plan like people fly in for these games like people yeah, yeah. build their entire weekends around these games it'd be one thing if you're like hey guys we're gonna change it to Saturday night. Like, even that fucks some people, like flights and, and transportation. Sure would, sure To would. change it all the way to Thursday, you're going to have some empty-ass stadiums, dude. Like, 100%. Like, you got to get ready. You got to prepare for a Thursday. Thursday's locals, man. Like, that's the locals come to that shit. But what's interesting about that rule or that, that thing that they're trying to do is it sounds like that's something uh, NFL wants, obviously, because then oh, they sure. can put the bigger games on, and it gets, it gets tabled. It wasn't, like, voted down, I guess. No, it they sprung needs, it on him. So, yeah. you know, they sprung it on the lead. They're like, hey, should we vote on this? And they're like, no, 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 let's fucking stop this shit. Okay. Like, we just, we'll go and we'll think about it. I, I doubt it passes this year. I would not be surprised if it passes next year. Yeah, if they can twist a few arms and get the right ownerships on, on book yeah, with them. it doesn't feel like they have the mechanisms for it. Like, I think if you flex one of these, like flex a Thursday night, you have to flex it like a month out. I feel like it that's the only fair very, way to do it, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. then, then you could be like, hey, guys, we flexed this a month out. Because if you have a situation like you had with the Broncos this year where you're like, these games suck. Like, these games are fucking garbage. Like, we knew that week, like, three, that yeah. these games are going to be fucking garbage. You want to have enough of a heads up where you're like, all right, barring injury, this will be a good matchup, not the other one. Well, in the Thursday night football to say, listen, every team in the league is going to play near one. You know, that's the rule. That makes it somewhat fair, but yeah, you're going to have some some yawners, some stinkers. Sure. You're going to have Jets versus Jags once in a while, but um, it just and I say that and both those teams were you know one of them was a playoff team this year and one of them was a heartbeat away, so I can't yeah. make those jokes anymore. But to do it now, where where you're going to have two on there, it's it's they're leading to the point where and somebody I was listening to Florio who goes on the radio shows and he's like, it's going to get to the point where the Dallas Cowboys are going to only be on prime time. And yes. just, they will, they will have a standalone game, either, you know, a nighttime game or for whatever game, no other team against them because, and that gets the money, you know, whatever. So I'm fine with this. Yeah, of course <laughs> this, you would. Be. This is and a great situation for me. Let's say you and me who try to watch every game, we're fine yeah. with spreading out these games too and throwing some, like you say, Saturday night games or whatever. Sure. In our minds, that sounds great as well. So if there is a way the NFL can do this and please everybody, then I'm not going to be totally against it, but it is asking for a lot of backbends. It's, it's a lot. This The flex of Thursday night asks more of the fans than it does the players, honestly. Yeah. Because it sucks for the players, but it sucks for the players on both teams. Like, it sucks so outlandishly for fans. It's, it's almost too. ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of seeing every game, to move on, uh, DirecTV NFL ticket deal has ended. We've made that, they've made that clear mm -hmm. now. That's over. So uh, they better not run my card this year. <laughs> I, I got that one when I was in Chicago, and I could prove that I didn't need a satellite. And then for the last few years here, it's been like, 
ah, shucks, I really want to give you guys money. And they're like, well, why don't we take it anyways? So I still got red, you know, NFL ticket that way, but it's over now. It's just YouTube TV, but with DirecTV's NFL ticket ending, that means we are down to just one NFL red zone. And I've talked about this on the show before. Mm -hmm. Luckily, they chose the correct one. It is NFL red zone with Scott Hansen. The other one goes away, and that was unfortunately the one I had, anyways. And you feel bad for Andrew Siciliano because you're like, oh, you're st- not, you're not terrible. No, he wasn't, and he was doing the NFL one, uh, NFL.com. And the one thing about his was he usually talked you th- talked through the red zone because yeah. they wanted you to flip. To, I felt like they wanted you to flip to one of the games. You can turn sure. to this channel and watch this game now or this channel. Uh, Scott Hansen knows you're watching just Red Zone all day yeah. long. Your butt's going numb, and he's oh, not going to talk talk at you too long. <laughs> no, so. he's he keeps it moving. Uh, I did love his his pre I guess pregame meal where he's like, "You got to retain the water." He's like, "You can't be taking piss breaks. You know, you, you need to soak yourself up like a sponge." I was like, "God damn, bro!" He takes he it takes so it serious. serious. Yes, oh, yes. yeah. You love it. Um, so it's YouTube TV. So I'm going to be looking into YouTube TV this year for NFL I look ticket. At the prices. I mean, yeah. as a Cowboys fan, I'm like, Cowboys are kind of on. You like, get a lot of It's like, games. oh, God, I got a VPN twice a year. Like, it's not too bad. <laughs> um, and then the finally, before we hit running backs, mm-hmm. the Washington Commanders are for sale. The ticket prices on the, st- on, on the window. Uh, they're asking, whoo, six billion with a B dollars for this football team. Football is so much bigger than baseball. Football <laughs> is so much bigger than any other sport. Like, I'm not saying football's bigger than soccer, because clearly it's not. But an individual franchise, an individual football franchise, is worth more than an individual soccer franchise. Yeah, I will say that. And that's, it, that's not even debatable. Like, they, there's a huge difference in cost between all these different fucking things. Um, and the fact that, like, when a big soccer franchise, you know, like, say Manchester United is available for sale, it sells for billions. When fucking, um, if Barcelona was for sale, or sorry, my apologies, Barcelona is mm-hmm. for sale, then yeah, it's going to go for billions. This is the fucking Reds, sorry, this is the fucking Commanders up for <laughs> sale. When the Jags were for sale, they sold for billions of fucking dollars. Laughing stock NFL franchises sell for a crazy amount of money. Mm-hmm. It's just a different sport, man. It's just a different sport. Yeah, it doesn't matter what who what team it is. Uh, they will take it and make it their own. Two bids already in at the asking price of $6 billion. One of them, a group of owners that includes Magic Johnson, because that yeah. stuff's ha- happening. And the other one, just a standalone Canadian billionaire, Steve Astolopoulos. Uh, maybe he's Greek? Absolutely. So Stopolos, yeah, yeah, thinking yeah. so. Jesse Katsopolos, is it Uncle Jesse's? This is who it is? <laughs> Katsopolos, have mercy, commanders. <laughs> uh, so we'll wait and see, but uh, hey, new ownership in Washington can't get much worse, right? This is true. This is very true. <laughs> That's all the news I have, Dan. Let's hit these Arby's, these running backs. Oh, I was going to say, we don't need to hit Arby's. I know they have the meats. <laughs> they have all the meats. Uh um, all right, so uh, as we jump in, running backs, obviously, you know, we talked about this at the end of the last episode. They were once the uh, the, the epitome of the draft, uh, and then they were the epitome of fantasy drafts. Now they're second, third fiddle, and they rarely come in the first round, honestly. Um, it's tough. We had, what, two guys draft in the first round last year? Was Kenneth Walker a first or second rounder? He was a second rounder. Okay, then just one, right? It was just yeah. the guy from New York. Or did he go in the first? Did they? Who? The Jets take. Uh, the Jets take their. No, Brees Hall was in the second. So there was not a running back taken. I don't year. believe there was a running back taken. I have last it year in front of me. What am I doing? I can look at this real quick. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because I think Brees Hall was the number one. If I think you're right. Yeah, and well, Kenneth. Yeah, Brees Hall was the third in the second round. Yeah. Okay. So. It, yeah, didn't happen last year. Um, and we liked Brees Hall. We just didn't, you know, we were like, eh, this guy could be a first-rounder. It was like right on the cusp. And he could have been Rookie of the Year if he didn't get hurt. Oh, very easily. Um, yeah. I will say this class has two players that are better than Brees Hall. Okay. What about the depth? 
from what I can see, it's pretty good. Um, you can get, it's more varied than it's been in past years. Like, I don't think there's a bunch of like every down backs, um, but there's a bunch of guys that are like, you know, third down backs. There's a bunch of guys that are power ones and twos. Um, but yeah, there's, I, I'd say this is a pretty deep draft. Um, if you can't get your running back in the first round, you probably can get one in the second or third. Um, but I think we're probably looking at two running backs coming off the board in the first round this year. Okay. Um, I think the number one guy is pretty easy to find in this in this group. It is. It is. And it is correct. It is a correct assessment. So there's uh, no reason to, to dance around this. Our, our number one guy uh, to be taken off the board for a running back in this draft is B. John Robinson out of Texas. And B. John Robinson is the number one in this class. He yeah. is not the number one with a bullet for me. Okay. Um, and I'll give this away. The, right behind him is Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, um, Jameer Gibbs I actually, in Alabama, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. They're different running backs, though, and I kind of want to get into it. Um, I, I I love these NFL.com comparisons because they're like, he's Josh Jacobs. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. What he is is a less athletic Saquon Barkley. Okay. Oh. So, okay. yeah, which, once again, hey, Saquon Barkley's a freak. Saquon Barkley was an elite prospect. Mm-hmm. And Bijan Robinson... <sighs> And? Is not an elite prospect. Uh, he's not elite. Okay. He's, okay. This, I, of all the guys that I've looked at this year, this was the one I'd hemmed and hawed about the most. And I think a lot of other, before you jump in there, a lot of other, pro, you're hearing that when people talk about this this group. It's like, Bijan Robinson's a lot of fun. Bijan Robinson, who's going to take him? Because he might get rookie of the year. He might, he'll, he'll be a weapon right away on the field, but he is a running back. And you don't really need to go getting this guy real early. Well, so I don't scout like that. You know, I scout with just how good are you? Because if somebody is, you know, I've had this argument that Sebastian Janikowski absolutely should have been a first-round draft pick. I would say that Justin Tucker should have been a first-round draft pick because that's the value this guy brings to your team. Now, would you be murdered in the streets if you drafted Justin Tucker in the first round? Yeah, probably. In hindsight, people will be like, what a genius move. Um so when I scout running backs, and I got into this argument a while ago, I said, um, actually, Zeke Elliott is a really good example. I said, Zeke Elliott is an elite prospect. And I'm not saying that just because he was a cowboy. I said it before the draft. Like, Zeke Elliott is an elite prospect. And my buddy goes, well, you can't take him in the top five. I go, why not? He's an elite prospect. He'll give you, you know, seven, eight years of, like, quality productivity. I was off by a year. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was like, this guy's going to give you, like, fucking tons of productivity. He's going to be an elite back in the NFL. And he goes, but he's a running back. So all I can do is just scout these guys as they are. I don't assess where, you know, like when I give out an elite grade, you might go number 10, number 12, number 13, 22, or 23 in the case of uh, my boy CD. Um, I just, it just means I don't think there's any holes in your game um, that would prevent you from having an illustrious career. And unfortunately, Bijan Robinson has a couple holes in his game. Okay. And I get it too that if, you know, you want a guy that's going to proceed right away, then you go get him, and it doesn't matter how early. Um, but if you can get Bijan Robinson late in the first round, and you can trade back and picks, and you know that's where you really get the mind screws. But yes, let's yeah. talk about let's talk about first of all his holes. What do you think? Okay, so Bijan Robinson, despite being a I think top ten talent, and yeah, he might slide, but I think he's a top ten talent. Um, Bijan Robinson, pass pros like bitch. Um, just not good pass protection, which in a in an NFL that needs running backs to be versatile and to set their ass in pass pro, having that is a huge liability for an every down back, right? It mm-hmm. means you kind of need to take the guy out on third down because he's a liability. If you set him to chip or you set him in a situation where he's facing a linebacker, you're going to have a problem on your hands. So that's a number one problem for me on Bijan Robinson. Uh, that's just because I'm a blocking fan. The number two one, which I think more fans are going to see right away, is he's very indecisive. Oh, he, no. If you remember watching Saquon's old film, right? Saquon would bounce and jump, but it was like Barry Sanders-ish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, one cut, they, usually. Yeah, it was like one cut, but he's like, what is this? Okay, boom, and he would hit the hole with alacrity. Um, the comparison they use on NFL.com is Josh Jacobs, and I think that's closer. That's, you know, I'm like, yeah, I guess Josh Jacobs is a less athletic Saquon Barkley because when he is in the hole and there's trouble, you'll see him kind of like dance his way around it, 
But at the NFL, at the next level, they're going to close that shit on him quick. And the best example I can give you is watching the Alabama film last year. Um, he had 21 attempts. You want to guess how many yards he had, Scott? 21 uh, carries? 21 rushing attempts. How many yards do you think he had? You're telling me it probably wasn't good, so I'm going to say, what, uh, 45. 57. So Oof, under yeah. 60. Now, in fairness, and this is a, a, a positive for him because his hands are incredible, so this is why you want the guy in his third down back. That game, he had three receptions for 73 yards. Mm-hmm. Okay. So still broke 100 for total yard, total scrimmage. Yeah. But you could see they were basically keying on him in the run game and they were hitting the holes with speed and anytime he took a moment to dance they were such an instinctual defense that they were on his ass you know he wasn't able to bounce it to the next side because he was as athletic as the defenders so that's his problem when he gets to the NFL he's going to be as athletic as a lot of these defenders so he would be better suited to be a one-cut runner because he's got great speed. He's got great hands. He's got great balance. You know, he's a, a running back that is an absolute threat in the passing game, you know, and so that might mitigate his pass pro issues because you're like, I don't want him in pass pro. I want him out catching the ball. He's as good as a tight end. Sure. So that's my only issue with him is he's going to have to have a fundamental part of his run game, which is his sort of dancey nature, really coached out of him, and that keeps me from assessing him as an elite back. 5'11", 215, he's not too small. Plenty uh, of size. The mocks are putting him, listen, first round, I think, you know, your Saquon Barkley went top, went two overall. You're talking mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott went four overall. I, you know, I'm not seeing him go that high, but you no. take him as high as you would want to take a running back you can pluck and play immediately. I think that's yeah. where I'm seeing it, and the mocks are going almost top 10 not maybe not top 10 but almost like middle first round for I, I think talent wise what I've assessed so far he's he's one of the more talented players coming out in this draft mm-hmm. just not elite but yeah like I said that's a top 10 grade that's really pretty fucking good mm-hmm. um but yeah so then it, it to your point you go okay if he's not elite can I get him at 20 can yeah. I get him at 25 you know, is there another guy that's maybe same or similar skill set at a, a greater position of need? And the cost-benefit analysis, how much better is he than Jameer Gibbs? We've seen, you know, a lot of people have undrafted running backs get plugged in and have amazing seasons, and you don't really mm-hmm. need to spend the draft capital on a guy like this. And that's that's what will be the conundrum when your favorite team drafts him in late, late later this month, you're going to get him. You're going to be super excited. You're going to go watch his highlights and you're going to be, uh, uh, beaming about the guy and, and you can go buy his Jersey right away. That'll be available too, <laughs> but will it be worth it? Will it be worth where you got him when you could have gotten some pass rusher or some yeah. shutdown corner there at that same pick? So, yeah, this that's is a, it's a larger running back argument, but I would say Bijan Robinson, best running back in this class, absolutely. But everybody, Jameer Gibbs yeah. on his heels, and Alabama. Jameer Gibbs right on his heels. Five uh, nine one ninety nine. What do you like about this guy? So the the analogy they use on NFL.com yeah. was Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Uh, I got one and, for uh, wait draft buzz. Quote faster Debo Samuel. Mm, that's aggressive. Debo has <laughs> well, no. So I, the reason why I say faster Debo, Debo could fucking truck you. You know, yeah. Debo didn't want to, but Debo is built like a brick shit house. We talked low, about this. Yeah, in the lower body, lower strength. body. Yeah, I think Jameer Gibbs has the Debo speed. That's for certain. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have the Debo love for contact. Okay. You know, Jameer Gibbs wants to get out in space. He wants to be a versatile back. He wants to be in the flat. He wants the ball in his hands, but he wants it in space. This is not a guy that really likes to hit, you know, the in between the guards. You know, that's not where he's going to live. That's not where Jameer Gibbs is his best. He's also under 200 pounds and 5'9". You're like, this is a... What you would call him a couple years ago, as the NFL has gotten a little faster and a little smaller at running back, this is what you used to call a scat back. You know, this is, Jameer yeah. Gibbs is exactly a scat back. And I think Alvin Kamara is obviously a little bigger, a little faster, obviously, at this stage in the game, 
more seasoned, but that's, I think, a better analogy than Debo, because Debo was a, a pure wide, like, he's a wide receiver. Right. You know, he's a wide receiver that just happens to be built like a classic running back. Jameer Gibbs isn't really even built like a classic three-down back, but he is built like a scat back, and I think you can put him in right away, um, and he's a better receiver of the football than B. John Robinson. He is mm-hmm. faster than B. John Robinson, and on outside runs, he gives you more trouble than B. John Robinson. But it is the inability to run between the tackles that worries me. Okay, because he's just smaller. He's not gonna not gonna survive that. You know, just downhill. Well, there, I mean, there's another running back that we're gonna talk about that weighs about the same as Jameer Gibbs. Actually, has I would say a smaller frame because he's a little bit taller. And yeah. this motherfucker hits like a truck. So it's just a it's a mindset thing for Jameer Gibbs. He wants to be out in space and be explosive rather than you know get you between the, the tackles and yeah you know he he doesn't want that that's you know might extend his career who knows but it's not a classic tough downhill running back i see his mocks going where the top guys last year went Brees mm-hmm. halls and things like that uh the top of the second round maybe slides into that late first but there's gonna be a break off for when where Bijan goes and then where Gibbs goes. Even though you like these guys pretty yeah. close together in the draft, it's gonna be that way. I can see somebody you know, we talked about oh, everybody likes to have control of a quarterback, right, for five years. You wanna take a quarterback at the end of the first round. Yeah. It's getting to the point where you probably wanna take a running back at the end of the first round because after you get five seasons out of him, you get five seasons, maybe a franchise tag. You can let him go. That's perfect. Yeah. You know, no. <laughs> you know, you're basically saying, I think this is a really quality running back. I want to control him for at least five years, if not six years, with a franchise tag. And then when I'm done, wash my hands of it. You know. So I I think that's a reasonable way if you really think this running back is going to be excellent. And I think you know Jameer Gibbs does have that chance. I think you might see a run there at the end of the first round. Second contracts on running backs have been a problem of late. Yeah, teams. That's you're true. telling me. <laughs> I'm right there now. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> sucks, buddy. I'm sorry. So from here, there's another drop-off, I think, from Gibbs, and it could be a question between two of the guys that we're going to be talking about here as to who the next one is. I'm going to go with the one that I usually see at the ahead on the, the third one and that is UCLA's Zach Charbonnet. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. That's not him. It is not. Ah. It is not. But let's talk Zach Charbonnet and I'm going to okay. tell you why cuz he's actually number 5 here. Ooh, that is interesting. Okay. Yeah, he's number 5 here. Um Zach Charbonnet, 6 foot 214, runs really really upright. Really okay. upright. He's a very tall runner. Um do you remember the fucking kid out of uh, Notre Dame played for the Packers for a while? Um, what the fuck was his name? Matthew Ryan Matthews or something? I can't remember. Ryan but, Matthews would certainly played for the Packers. Yeah. So who was Ryan? I think it was Ryan Matthews out of Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Yeah. So he reminded me so much of Ryan Matthews that it was kind of fucking crazy. That I was just watching this guy run and I was like, oh, he's so fucking upright. He's just a fucking big dude. Um, but I thought Ryan Matthews was faster. I thought Ryan Matthews was fat, you know, better out of the backfield. But Zach Charbonnet is great at catching the ball in the flat. Zach Charbonnet is an absolute passing threat. Zach Charbonnet does not have that next level speed hmm. to be like a real problem as an NFL running back. He ran a four five three, and you can kind of see that on film. You know, he strikes me as a bigger body back. Um, even though that sounds weird that he's six foot two fourteen and he's a bigger body back, but he's just he just carries it in the upper body uh, more than the lower body. So he tends to kind of use his shoulders. He's got really good balance. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't love him uh, for a couple different reasons. He doesn't love contact. Which if you're going to be a six foot tall two hundred plus running back, I'm going to need you to get a little bit more contact. Um, once again on inside runs, you know he wants to shake it to the outside, but he doesn't have the speed to shake it to the outside. If somebody could coach him to just hit the fucking hole, just hit the fucking hole, hit it as hard as you can with as much speed as you can and get your momentum up, I think he could be a real problem. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just don't think he's going to be that guy that really gives you problems on the outside. Um, Happy feet. Yeah, a little little bit. Yeah. Okay, well, so what's funny, though, is, I mean, his mock is second round. They're saying the projection could be pick 58 to your Cowboys there as they maybe want to fill another running back spot. 
Um, yeah, in the second round, I, th- I think I'd be fine. Oh, Ryan Grant. That's what I was thinking of. Ryan Grant. Oh. Okay. Another My Packer apologies. Running. Ryan Grant. Not, I knew they were uh, all Packers or running backs. But, um, okay, so you still think second round would be fine for Charbonnet? I think second round. I think late second round for Charbonnet. Okay. I think there is a running back that is – I think there are two running backs that are better than him for very different reasons. But if you want a traditional big-bodied running back, I think Charbonnet is a, is a pretty good option for you. NFL dot com did a comparison to another Packers running back current, AJ Dillon, and Draft Network did one with Elijah Mitchell. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I think both of those are fair. Um yeah, I don't know why I went for a, a older Packers running back. Ryan Grant's forty. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. Um for him. so uh your next running back is it the guy out of Texas A and M? Is he the third? Uh, it is not, sir. Okay, you well, like he, actually, somebody he used more. to be. My apologies. Yeah. He used to be out of Texas Christian. Oh, but we're not talking about him though. At the third, there's still not somebody yet. else. We well, are talking you... about Zach Evans out okay. of Mississippi. Zach Evans. So yeah, you like him a whole lot more than we're seeing other people are mocking him. But let's talk about Zach Evans. So Zach Evans is five eleven, two hundred two pounds. So just a yeah. little bit light, just a little bit heavier than Jameer Gibbs, but actually a couple inches taller. Zach Evans loves hitting motherfuckers. Zach Evans loves it. Um, so for me, I love watching that in a, a running back that I think is kind of a slight dude. Absolutely blows dudes up when he gets to the outside. Just loves blowing up fucking DBs, blowing up safeties. I've seen him hit linebackers with some fucking hit, like some hits. Um, this guy, when he runs between the tackles, runs like a classic traditional running back. I really love it. Um, he's got great speed. You know, I was watching this and I was like, ah, I don't know if that speed is going to like show up when he runs, uh, but he, he did everything on film shows up. Like the guy strikes me as a, like a high four threes on the speed. Um, he's not quite so good, um, catching the ball. You know, that's his, his hands aren't phenomenal. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a guy that absolutely wants to get in the hole, hit it quickly. If you put this guy in our zone running scheme, you're not worried about anything for like three or four years. He's just hitting motherfuckers as hard as he can. And wow. he's pretty good in pass pro, you know, but that's okay. probably because he's a little nasty. Yeah, you fell in love with Zach Evans. His uh, comparison to NFL.com is Melvin Gordon. He's nastier. Nastier than Melvin Gordon was. Um, yeah, Melvin Gordon was a big runner, but he... Mm-hmm. He was slight in the in the holes, uh, but his okay. So listen, his mock third round, yeah, fourth. They have him as like the fourth running back coming off the board, and they have him in this group where it's like a run of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like nine guys here. Yeah, um, I, I'll name some of them that we're not going to talk about that right here. Uh, Auburn's Tanks Bigsby, yep. Um, Tulane's uh, Ty J Spears. Uh, Kendra Miller out of TCU, all the, and they have to all of these uh, running backs just dropping in mocks because that's what you do with running backs after you're like, oh well, <laughs> you, throw you know them all over the place. Yeah, these these defenders are doing better, and nobody's going to care about these running backs. They're all dropping down except Kendra Miller is actually going up on their list. Yeah, uh, Sean Tucker out of uh, Syracuse, Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia. So yeah, th- all Israel Abanaconda. There you go. Zach Evans is right there among all those guys. Yeah. Um, He's my third running back coming out this year. Uh, For me, it's Bijan, Jameer, and Zach Evans. I'm looking at the NFL uh, rankings. They have him third as well, which is strange. I didn't didn't look at this till now. Yeah, I don't really follow what those are, but they they have their own, yeah. (laughs) But you're right. He's up there in there. Uh, I mean, Zach Evans. Yeah, he's not that far down. I guess he was... No, he's a ways down in Draft Network and then in the other one. I, I think he's a second-round pick, don't get me wrong, but I think pick he's nine. probably high to mid-second round, and I think you're you're probably looking at Zach Charbonnet. Uh, if Zach Charbonnet had posted a better 40 time, yeah. if Zach Charbonnet had, had been running in the 4-4s four and kind of surprised people with what he was capable of, but when he ran a 4-5, people went, oh, okay, that's what I'm getting. All right, then you're a, you're a mid-to-late second-rounder. That's what happens okay. there. Well, then what's interesting is I think people might be getting a little diamond in the rough and Zach Evans, they don't, you know, he'll be available later day two and pick him sure. up. Maybe all of a sudden, hey, he's, uh, we didn't think this guy, but all of a sudden he's he's racing our starter here in uh, OTAs. I don't know, well, you know. It wouldn't surprise me. I liked the guy. I liked, I liked kind of everything I was seeing. Well, let's talk about Texas A&M's Devon. 
is it a chain? I don't know how to pronounce this guy's last A-chain. A-chain? No, that's yeah. pretty cool then. <laughs> Devon A-chain. Yeah, it's fucking nice. It's a good one. Uh, shorter guy, 5'8 and a half, 188. Short. Small, small. Once again, this is a scat back, right? This Shifty. is a guy that's five foot eight, you know, a hundred, a hundred ninety pounds, twenty nine inch arms. I think I have like thirty inch arms. <laughs> so, you know, this is a slight man, um, really fucking muscular, dude. Like this guy was really fucking muscular. A slight um, man that kick my ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, listen, I'm not f- trying to fight Devon a chain. That's that's <laughs> not fucking happening. Um, this is another guy that's a little dancy. Um, but of course he's a little dancy. He's, he actually was a really good kick returner as well for Texas A&M. So Mm. this is a guy that you can immediately, you can get him somewhere in the second round. You go, okay, well, even if he's not going to beat our starter out or, you know, pick up great pass pro, he's going to help us in special teams immediately. You know, that's, that's one of those things that's nice. Uh, pass pro never did it because he's five foot eight and they were just like, let's not even start this fucking thing. Let's try to throw it to him. Yeah, just throw it to him. Just put the ball in his hands, but do not uh, get into a situation where he has to anchor against uh, pass rush because he's going to get murdered. Mm. And then our quarterback's going to get murdered as well. Um, this is a guy that I think waits for the big play rather than kind of hitting uh, what's happening. So I think his initial success, like I said, mid-second round, mid-to-late second round great because the speed is tremendous. I think his best opportunity is probably as a third down back uh coming in because he's not going to be sitting there doing a lot of pass pro but he's going to be a guy that you could get um with explosive speed on a draw or get him out into the flat get the ball in front of him you know maybe a couple screens that's where he's going to be really effective because like i said he's a really good kick returner if you get blockers in front of him he can kind of stack bodies and start bouncing outside so uh devon a chain fucking solid runner yeah, they have his mocks like a good full round ahead of Zach Evans, so it's surprising that you you have him and Charbonnet after Zach Evans. In fact, Devon A. Chain, you like him better than Charbonnet? Just just a little bit. I the, think that's the, that's splitting hairs for me, and it's sort of what kind of running back are you looking for? Yeah, you know, do you want a classic traditional running back? Then you've got Charbonnet. If you want a guy that's a, a game breaker that's going to help you in special teams, A. Chain. Okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, it's all backs for their te- their uh, schools, too. And then uh, we finish with a man out of Appalachian State, Cameron Peoples. Yeah, he goes by Cam Peoples because his name is Cameron Peoples. Yeah, which... and it's spelled not as you'd ever see it, like C-A-M-E-R-U-N, Cameron. Yeah, it's actual run, run. Yeah, um, Cam Peoples. Uh, it was interesting because I watched, I was like, man, this fucking guy's pretty big, but very, very slight legs. Um, you know, kind of, once again, another knifing sort of runner, um, but didn't, like, he didn't impress me at any point in time. Like, he seemed like a sort of guy that you would put in when your starter is kind of winded, um, but is a versatile back and kind of do everything, but does nothing exceptionally. You know what I mean? Like he didn't he didn't catch the ball a lot at uh, at App State. Like they just had him run, and he was big enough and strong enough that he could get you know running downhill and blow guys up out of the hole. I don't think that's going to be his situation at the next level. You know he's either going to need to add weight because he's already not that fast. You know he's like ran a four six. That's not awesome, but he's got decent agility and decent athleticism beyond the top end speed that isn't there. Um, I think he's going to be effective as a short yardage back if he can put on some weight. Uh, and, you know, he's a, he's a traditional old-school runner. I think it's a zone thing. You can get him a single cut, hit the hole, run with some intensity. I think he'll be happy. Uh, I found a comparison for him. It was on Draft Network. It was James Starks from the 2010 draft. Oh, wow. James Starks? That's what, he, they, that's what they put down on Draft Network. Um, and I didn't... God, have... what are we doing with Packers... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> everything's a Packers comparison today. Didn't uh, give the ones for uh, Devon A. Chain. Um, NFL.com said Leon Washington. Draft Network for A. Chain yeah. said LaMichael James. Yeah, okay. Oh, and I didn't say uh, Zach Evans. Um, Devin Singletary. He reminds me a lot of Devin Singletary coming out. That's not bad. I didn't go with yeah. Devin Singletary. Yeah, we um, loved Singletary coming out. He doesn't have as many miles on him 
as Singletary did coming out. So I think True. that's advantageous too. Uh, but back to Camp Peoples, something mm-hmm. weird with his mocks. He was sitting around just under the like 200th pick, which isn't great, you know, fifth, sixth round or whatever. Fell off it, was undraftable sometime from Christmas to the end of the month. <laughs> I don't know why, but was it's just like not, it was an undrafted player and then jumped back up into it back in February, about February yep. 15th. And then even jumped up again, and now he's a uh, maybe six-round guy, or back where he was, like that just under 200 pick uh, from March on now. <laughs> well, I don't remember, know. he's he's six foot one, 220 pounds. He's got a lot of miles on him. He, You know what he does because you get to watch the film. You're not like, you know, like, oh, my God, can this guy run between the tackles? Of course he can run between the tackles. He, like... He was very simple in his mm. feet. You know, when you watch the film, you're like, okay, his feet are simple. His decision-making is simple. He's going to do what we ask him to do. And when you get in the hole, he's going to hit. You know, it's he's not going to drive with his legs because I don't think his legs were fucking beefy, but he's going to be able to hit. He's going to be able to lower the boom. And he ran with really good balance too. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's a sexy pick. I think he's probably somewhere in the fifth or sixth round. But, yeah, I think he's a guy that could play at the NFL level. I just don't know if he's ever going to be that guy. Awesome. All right. Well, one, two, three. Six more prospects. The running backs that we want to look at here on this one completed. Like we talked about, I kind of ran through a handful of those others, but we talked about like the top four guys are going to be there. Dan really Mm -hmm. likes Zach Evans' old miss. He's going to be in a group maybe with some others there. But uh, for sure, Bijan Robinson, you're probably going to hear his name Thursday night. And then maybe even Jameer Gibbs. That's what we're thinking. Yeah, I think I think Bijan definitely goes first round. I would be very, very surprised Wait. if more than two running backs joined yeah. were actually in the first round. But Bijan feels like I would be very shocked to see him fall out of the first round. Yeah, if a second goes, it's going to be Gibbs. Yeah, and I'm with you there. Yep. Um, all right, so let's wrap this thing up for today uh, because we will be back very soon. We've got the offense done but uh there's a whole other side of the ball we'd like to hit at before this special teams we're gonna get punters (laughs) and kickers and kick returners uh that is a joke dan what's the position group we're gonna start with for the next uh episode we're gonna start with the glory boys we started with the quarterbacks on offense so let's start with those pass rushers oh yeah defensive side oh i were we going uh, you said safeties at one point but we can do pass rushers let's go with no let's go safeties let's do it all right, yeah, safeties, right. and then maybe edges after that. We'll see. Oh, that's right. No, oh, sorry. I wanted to go backwards. Yeah, I wanted to. Uh, yeah, sorry. I wanted to Safety. do edges right before the draft. So okay. yeah, we'll start with the safeties. Start with the okay. safeties. Head up on the head up on the running backs. So we will talk about safeties next week. Getting into that secondary. And uh, Scott this, sets the schedule. I just say random things, guys. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going off his uh, <laughs> class here, so whatever. Um, <laughs> here we go, guys. Let's wrap this up. Crazy stats. Yeah. As we've been doing, I'm going to ask Dan to do the uh, guess on colleges with the most running backs drafted in the first round. Who do you think mm-hmm. holds it? I mean, I'd have to say <sighs> Texas has got to be up there. Texas is not top three. Let me pull up the full thing and see if I can see where Texas would rank. They're not up there. They don't. Wow. Ha- I mean, the bottom of this list was at 29, and that's Alabama. The wow. top of this list had 40. Ooh. Oh, God, is it going to be Notre Dame? No, actually, Notre Dame, also not on this list. Notre Dame running backs. Ooh, could it be Alabama? I mean, I'm, I can think of like seven or eight running backs no, at Alabama you, right Alabama's now. Alabama's 29th. What? That was the bottom of this list. Alabama's oh, God, I'm bottom. not paying attention. That shocks <laughs> me. That shocks me they're 29. Um, uh, let's see. I'll give you uh, some clue. Wow. How can I give you a Harvard? Clue? I don't fucking know. <laughs> the picks. Uh, um, okay. Uh, I'll give you the the name. Uh, I'll give you uh, the older guy first because they show two pictures of running sure. backs who came from this one. Roger Craig. Oh, God. Oh, the catfish, Roger Craig. And then the one who uh, is newer. I'll keep going. Amon yeah. Green. Oh, God, I remember. Oh, God, I don't know. Still not very recent, but Nebraska Cornhuskers. Nebraska, oh, God, it's probably Nebraska and then Wisconsin, isn't it? 
Uh, no. Okay. Yes, kid, not gonna. USC is at 39. USC second, 39 running backs. Third place in a tie at 36, Oklahoma, Adrian Peterson, and yep. Penn State, Saquon Barkley. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, there's your running backs, colleges. And then finally, I want to go back with Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell can become the eighth active player with 100 career sacks with just one more. My man's at 99. <laughs> He'll who, get it. Who do you think has the most uh, career sacks uh, record right now for active players? Oh, for ac- is it uh, is it JJ? No, he just retired. Just uh, retired. Is it Aaron? Nope. Who? In fact, I only wrote down the top three, so he's not on that list. Number one. Um, Von Miller? Yeah, Von Miller with 123 okay. and a half. Second place. Yeah, I guess you want me to just tell you. Uh, second place. Is it uh, Jones? Yes, but which one? Uh, <laughs> Actually, you're Chandler. correct. Second and third place are Jones. Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones is third place at 112. Oh. Cam Jones, second oh. place, 115 and a half. Really? There you go, guys. There's your crazy stats for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Hey, we're enjoying going through the uh, the prospects. We got the defense to to jump on, and I don't know about you, but I know my team's looking at defense this year, so I'm excited to talk about these guys next. Do you mean Cam Jordan? It says Cameron Jones. Oh, it must have been Jordan, right? Cameron. Yeah, Jones. Cam Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. What did I say? I said two Jones, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, two Joneses. Cameron Jordan. Um. Anyways, okay, so. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with the safeties. We'll get you caught up on any of the other big news that happens in this offseason. Uh, but first, before you go away today, Dan, parting words of wisdom. If you find yourself being built like a small keg or a refrigerator, there could be a chance for you to live the life of your dreams. If you just learn to pick those feet up, you know, make them hit the holes quick, you too could be an NFL running back built like a little tiny kegerator. Uh, you know, if you got a little top-end speed, even better. But uh, if you're short, stocky, you know, run a Maurice Jones-Drew and, and get yourself life as a running back, you can play a full three years before uh, they toss your body in the heap. It'd be lovely. <laughs> Wonderful, yeah. Positive, <laughs> positive Alec. Yeah. Learn, die, die like a, you know, a, a wasted, like a, an old thrown away whore. Uh, that's the life, <laughs> the life of an NFL life running back running nowadays. Back. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Push Off Podcast. We'll be back very soon, so link, rate, and subscribe. I am Scott. And this is Dan. We'll see you when we are back, guys. Goodbye. <laughs>